Welcome to A Gentleman's Chat, episode 15, with your hosts, Ian and Billy. Ian, we are back for yet another week, and I have a tale to begin. Ooh, I love tales. I have a, uh, a beginning tale for us. So, a friend of mine invited me to church today. Now, it was a different church than I normally go to. She's a part of a different church, and she actually invited all of our friend group to, to go to this uh, like close Like the one I'm in. Included to included in? Yeah, yeah. I was invited. You well, you, ostensibly, I suppose. Yes. Hmm. There was a party. All the people at the party were invited. They're your friends. This, oh, this sounds like the start my of friends a, didn't invite me. I was gonna say it sounds Ouch. like the start of a story where Ian gets completely just shafted. <laughs> it's not, I assure you. But basically, this oh. church was holding a a dual service. That it was a Lutheran church that was bringing in a, a place called Family First Ministries, which is a um. African American prominent church, uh, like like picture like a Baptist church. Although I don't know if that's their denomination. Or not. Southern Baptist. Yes. So exactly the type of black church that you're thinking of, right? I walk in there today, and I knew it was going to be good the second I set my jacket down, and I could I could hear the gospel music starting in the sanctuary. I was like, this is going to get good, and this gal's up there just just screaming out a solo, and I'm like. Oh boy, are we about to feel it. And then the clapping starts. And then the whole thing, and it's choruses and verses, and people are standing and clapping. And, and I was like, oh man, we are two minutes into this church service. And it's this is, yes, please, sign me up. So we start going through, and of course, the, the stereotype of like black church being very loud is 100% true. Like, <laughs> they'll be reading scriptures, and you'll hear people go, yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Tell it to me again. I kid you not. This is what was happening, okay? They're reading basic scripture stuff. Now, of course, a lot of people, if you come from a regular, like, European background church, you go, you're not solemn, but you're you're very quiet. It's a very respectful atmosphere. Nobody's yeah. trying to intrude. Like, the person speaking is the person speaking. You are the listener. No, 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 no. Not in this case, my friend. Okay, the people listening are also active in this. They're shouting out stuff left, right, and center, my friend. Okay, it's like a community exercise. It is. It's like the pastor is being heckled, but with the <laughs> but with the Holy Spirit. It was incredible. And they were, dude. They were going for it. The pastor got up there. It was the the original pastor because they combined the two churches. But the the Lutheran church pastor got up there and was delivering a sermon. You could tell he was getting on a high point of it, right? He's like, and this, and this, and in between each of them, you can just hear these people in the back going. Amen. Tell me more, sir. Full circle. Absolutely. That's right. The Lord I'm talking about. And it, dude, it, and it's just on and on and on. And people are clapping and they're going crazy. And I was like, this is, this is everything I needed and more right now in this moment. This is everything I wanted this to be. And, uh, it was just great. There was a guy in the front row ahead, like his, like his not even year old daughter in one hand. He had a camera in his other hand. He's, he's like feeding her. And it like gave her a bottle in the front row and all the while participating in the activities. Like I was like, this, this is what I needed. And the choir got up there and they're just, just singing out these traditional spiritual numbers. Like, and then, uh, they brought in, um, Oh, what's the song? This little light of mine, but the actual African traditional version of it, it's just bopping. The whole place is rocking. And then the, the, the guest minister gets up there and he starts, he starts giving it to us. Right. And this is, this is. A man, th- this is this is exactly what you think a black Southern church pastor would be like. 
like, oh, he grabs the microphone. He's just like screaming it, like, can I get an amen? And I was like, absolutely, you can. You can get like seven or eight of these bad boys. <laughs> like, let's do it. This is great. And uh, dude, it was just a blast. It was kind of weird though because the juxtaposition of like white European style people that just don't do that, and then of course you got the African Americans. They're like, this is a party. That juxtaposition was a little weird because people were kind of not very comfortable with each other to begin with. But as the service went on, they were just getting better and better. There were there were white people from across the room shouting out, Amen, tell me more, sir. And I was like, what is happening? And of course, there was one guy. We'll call her Karen, okay? We'll call her Karen in the back oh. row with just like the, the world's whitest Amen that I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. Right? That Like that happened too. Like there were some people that were definitely pushing the boundaries of maybe what should be done. But it, dude... It was an hour and a half long church service that felt like 15 minutes. And that's how I started today. And I was like, I have officially gone to a blank church service. It happened. It that was, sounds like you really enjoyed it. It was wild. You know the worst part about that? Huh? You're going to go back next week? It's going to feel dead. No, no, because it was a special event. They're not doing it next Yeah, that, that's what I mean. You, you'll go back. That's not my regular not church. Have... I'm not going back to that church. Well, either way, you're going to go back to your normal you're not European go back to regular church, church and it's there's going to be none of that driving emotion there. You know, I did think about that on the car ride today. It's, I, it's a depressing thought. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, though, they did communion in a really weird way where um, they had... Um, it wasn't a chalice. Well, it was basically like a chalice, but it was sectioned off on top. So one section had the wafers. There was you know gluten-free and regular wafers. And then the middle portion had the wine. And you would take a wafer, dip it in the wine, and then consume it. That was the holy that was the blessing. I come from a church where you get like a micro shot glass of wine yep. and a wafer. And yep. of course other people I mean they do it differently everywhere in the world. People that take regular it, It's bread symbolic. Or, it's not. It, yeah. It's not really matter the exact Yeah, I don't... They, they never put in the gospel how you're supposed yeah. to do it. And Just in so a 17 milliliter glass, you yes. need this version of red wine. <laughs> yeah, they don't They do not do that. But it was, it was kind of interesting to me. And they also... And I didn't realize this. Maybe I was so naive. But they said the Lord's Prayer differently. Uh, are you Lutheran? Yeah. By normal? And yes. they said it different than Lutheran? Yeah. It was like they oh. cut out half the words and they just switched stuff around. Like, okay, for example, when they said, we're all going to pray in the way the Lord has taught us. Fold my hands, close my eyes. I'm down. Because I, I know what's happening. Lord's Prayer. I've been doing this since day one, baby. I got 20 years of experience. <laughs> like, I'm about to kill this game, right? I get four words in and they start changing on me. I'm like, ooh. I need to focus a little harder. I need to focus that's, a little harder. Yeah, that, that's four the more type. words, and I'm thinking, oh, oh, I need to buckle my seatbelt because I don't know where these people are going. <laughs> these people are taking up, just going directly left field. I don't know where the hell we were going, and I was, you know, I was fumbling through this, and I was like, what is happening? These aren't even close to the same. Well, it wasn't even like the same structure. It was, it was whack. And at the end of it, I was just like, amen. I looked at the nearest person, like, what? What is everybody else? Is no one else shocked by this? No, just me. Billy actually just had a stroke halfway through. It just can't. Dude, it was, it was, I was like, what the heck is happening? I was, it was, it was weird. It was really I, weird. Every, I think, yeah. Uh, no, there was one exception, but every church I've been to except one uses the NIV version of the Bible, which stands for um, New International Version. Yep, yep. Which is, I believe is still considered the base there's different versions, but I think that's the most widely. Is it that or received? is it New King James version? New King James is the Catholic 
version. I've, I mean, I've read both. I just don't know which yeah. is... So, I, I think if you're non-denominational, that's what you go. But if you're Lutheran or Catholic, because there's slight differences yeah. in that, yep. they tend to use the New King James Version. Because King James from, yeah, from the Church yeah. of yep. England, Catholic. Yep. So, it falls into place. Well, that sounds like you had a great time. It was a blast. It really was. And uh, I highly recommend for anybody out there that hasn't gone and experienced this. I mean, it, it was more than a... I've been to so many church services in my life. This was an experience, folks. Like, this this was wild. Like, this was straight up wild. It was it was a blast. We're going to be down south for a couple weeks. We are. And you better believe <laughs> every Sunday we're going to the most southern Baptist church we can find. Okay? Like... We're, we're going to be walking in there. It's going to be great. We're going to be walking in there. We're going to sit in the piers of the seats or however they do it. And people are going to look at us like we're the filling to an Oreo. I hope you know that. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you don't have to go too far south to get to that. Like That is true. I can, I can definitely remember times where like if you go down to Kentucky and you go like rollerblading or something in Louisville, for example, big city. Oh, the whole, I mean, I, big rollerblading. I was, city too. I was yeah. the only white guy in the place. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah. They... I feel the more south you've gone, in my experience, I've lived in a whole bunch of different places. The further south, the more compartmentalized or separated yes. people tend to be. Like, yep. very much the one side of the street, all white. The other side, all Latino, all black. Something like that. That was the name of the sermon today was uh, Walk Across the Street, which was yeah. the idea of... Yeah. It, and be- that's what they were talking which about. Yep. exactly falls in line because yep. down south, this is very common. Like... One side of the street, or a very common thing, is across the railroad tracks. Yep. Usually those are divisions. But up, because we live in the Midwest, everything is mingled. We don't have set neighborhoods, really. No. There's no, no, a whole there's bunch really of different everywhere. Churches still are a little bit of that. I think because people people naturally lean on their comfort zone. Like they, yes. they you know, if... And this, of course, is not true for everybody. But if you look like me, act like me, we have a yeah. we have a connection immediately. People just it's tend it's to easier stay. to grow. It's that connection. easier to do that, and I think that's sort of part of that. But the it whole also, idea of this was to break those barriers, and it really works spectacularly. That is true. Also, in the Midwest specifically, a lot of German or Irish or yes. Polish descent. Not really a lot of different. Like all of those people, very much Catholic. So yep. most all of the churches that were built here. Catholic, and once you start a very only Germans at this Catholic church, no matter the time cross, it's it's very difficult to yeah, of course. try to pick up different yeah. Yeah. groups. No, so that's that's how I started today. That sounds and like it, fun. it got better from there, and it ended right here. It ended me in this position here. Wow! So it it keeps it, getting better. This is like a roller coaster. It he starts it amazing, keeps cranking up, it gets better, well, and then right down to here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, we just watched the Packers lose. That is abysmally to the Forty I wouldn't call it a loss. I would call it oh, what's what's the word? Getting curb stomped by your ex-wife's new fiance. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> well, of course, we after the first half, we didn't even watch the game. There was other you know, there was yeah. a party going on here. It, it was on. We were it was yeah. there. We, we were, were more debating uh, the education system oh, than yeah. anything else. Which, of course, and I even mentioned this in the other room. I was like, I felt really bad about that because I didn't mean to spark an intense debate. I mean, it wasn't and it wasn't like a people yelling at each other sort of thing. No, but it was like a I have a viewpoint. This other guy's viewpoint is exactly 180, and we're just going to start hashing it out. 
And usually what happens with my family that I found out is it's not just the 180 viewpoint. Usually it's almost like a point. Like yeah. there's one degree, like maybe 160 degrees, and then maybe like 242 or something. And they're it, all clashing. Yeah. And which is all my fault. I should have warned you ahead of time. Like, yeah, I didn't, this is what my family well, of likes course, doing. And I like accidentally debating. started because there was another teacher there, and I was just discussing, you know, just I was just making a, a blanket statement <laughs> of just like, just just as you do, you know, don't get into teaching, it's dumb. And of course, that was like a wall. That's not really that dumb. And then we just, you know, and he it, he was a real sweetheart about the whole thing. He was a real trooper about about the whole thing and and whatnot. But I didn't expect that. But yeah, the Packers got absolutely curb stomped. Yeah, which is why we started which, debating because we wanted to live in the live yeah. in the atmosphere. We didn't want to watch that disaster go on. <laughs> no, but so I was out to lunch today after church, and people were talking to me. We were actually talking about the podcast. Okay, because you know. It's really grown a lot recently. We're in more countries than ever before. Countries that aren't even English-speaking countries. I mean, we're off... We have such succulent, smooth, savory voices that you don't even have to understand the words that are coming out of our It's the ability of the Gentleman Jack, really, bringing our chat together. Yes, that's what it is. Double mellowed Mm. in an all-wooden barrel. That's smooth. It is smooth. Yeah. As smooth as it comes. Anywho, so I was talking to them and like, hey, we would like to know more about Ian's backstory. Oh, like, well, because you mentioned all the time, you've mentioned all the time that you've lived in several places. Yes. And we bring that up a lot, especially when we're talking about cultural differences across the country, because although I haven't lived a lot of places, I've visited a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And then your expertise in living in those places really helps paint a very good perspective. So where have you lived? And how long have you lived in those places? All right. I have lived... Starting firstly, from birth. From birth. Back in 1984. 1984, when I'm I was definitely born, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually know the city I was born. Believe it or not, I was a baby. Don't well, really know. And I know in the first two years of my baby. life, we moved quite a lot because I am the oldest uh, in like an up and coming family. So yeah, move all sorts, a whole bunch of places. I don't even count that because what the hell do I remember? I was still pooping myself and giggling at keys, which I do <laughs> substantially less now. Let's let's not give me that look. Okay. <laughs> I would say an eighty percent decrease. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Then I think the first memory, like, of where I started remembering was Florida. Okay. Uh, so that's where I started my youth. And I could tell you very, with certainty, that's not where you want to start your youth. Or anything. You, you don't want to start anything in Florida. I have nothing against Florida. I have a lot against Florida itself. <laughs> I have nothing against the people who actively live in Florida. If you live in Florida, I'm not bashing you. I'm bashing your state. I have nothing against Florida. Well, let's not go that far. (laughs) Let's not go that far. I've got a few things against them. But uh, at a kid's age, when you're a kid, you don't really worry about a whole lot, especially when you're real little. You worry about, do I have wonderful friends? Do I get to do fun things? Do I not get bullied? I don't don't know what kids do nowadays. (laughs) Um, Probably get bullied. So... Uh, for me, I despised Florida because I did. Firstly, even at a really, really young age, like two to I think three and a half, four, so really little. I 
most of these are foggy memories. I, I don't remember it clear, but I did not like the people because at different places in the U.S., people have different mentalities and society just does and acts in different ways. Yeah. I do not like how people act and receive you in Florida. It's just not very welcoming, not very friendly. And I hated the climate. I, people will say it's a great place to visit. I actually kind of agree. If you go to a tourist spot on the coast, of course, it's going to be a great place to visit with a yeah. five-star hotel and a well-kept beach there. But if you live in a place like Florida, you don't have any plant life. Nothing grows there. You don't have grass. The grass in Florida, like, right now I live in the Midwest. The grass is lush, dark green. It's soft. So you can walk through it, feel yeah, it in your yeah. toes. You walk through it. It's just amazing. Yeah. Florida has brown spikes. And that's their version of grass. Because it's so dry and so yep. arid and hot that you can't walk barefoot and anything for a couple of reasons. One is the grass. It's almost like walking through nails. It's so bad. The second thing is because there's no permafrost over the winter, there's no frost layers. It doesn't kill any termites or likings of that small varmin. Fire ants. Absolutely oh. everywhere. They're like a dime a dozen. And they're awful. It's almost impossible to avoid. And especially as a little kid, what do you do? You play outside all the time. You love it. I would get chewed up by fire ants like you can't believe all the time. Yeah. They make their way in buildings. They make their way out of buildings. They make their way inside you somehow. And the worst part about fire ants is not when you initially get bit. Like, yeah, it stings a little, kind of like fiery pins, but people usually exaggerate it. It doesn't hurt that bad. The problem with fire ants is when you get bit by them... You get little welts that swell up. You get, like, little boobles. And... That's a medical term for those were boobles. That's that's a technical term we're using here now. Just want to point that out for those listening. For those listening, it actually is, Billy. I know, that's why I'm pointing <laughs> okay. it out. I was like, no, I'm pointing I don't know if you're being facetious. No, 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 point that out. <laughs> that's a technical term. Now, not everyone... People might not catch that at yeah, home, okay? We might, have to, we might have to define the word boobles. That that is true, um, well it can be pronounced different ways, but this balls, <laughs> yeah, sort of like that. But when people think of the bubonic plague, when you have the black death and the big black pussy yep. things, those are also boobles. These are much smaller and they're like red and they're pus filled. And in order to get rid of these, because you can't really walk on them, they're very painful, and usually they bite up your feet. But anywhere, you have to pop these. Oh. And then once you pop them, you have to soak them in almost like as hot of water as you can possibly get without scorching yourself with salt. So burning hot salt water, open wounds that you just pop that are already stinging hot from the little toxins that the ants get. And you have to soak it in that. That's how you deal with fire ant. Well, the most effective way of dealing with the fire ant ones. Old old wife, like wife trick or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I hated that. Well, I can That's see one of why. my most vivid yeah. memories. I also got shafted because at this t point, my parents wanted another kid and they um, eventually got pregnant. And at this time, my best friend in the whole wide world, I love this last to death. Her name was, I think it was Sarah. And lovely young little black girl that I loved. And when my parents asked if I wanted a brother or sister, like when we're discussing this, I wanted absolutely nothing but, quote, little Ian, I wanted a little sister. 
because that's how I was told to say yep, it. Yep. And so I want a black sister. Believe it or not, my two white parents, <laughs> when, <laughs> when my sister was eventually born, didn't give me a black sister. Yeah. I was... Woefully disappointed. I was so disappointed, Billy. I I wanted nothing more than my little black sister because she was like my best friend in yeah. the whole wide world. And I was just beat up. They, she came out. She was like a pumpkin. She was like 15-pound behemoth of a white girl. I look at it. I'm like... I'm like almost in tears as little me. I'm like, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> so about that time, wow. we end up moving to St. Peter's, Missouri, which is about a mile south of St. Louis, Missouri. It's a suburb. That's, I would never want to go back, like knowing what I know now because I'm up. St. Louis, not really a good place to live. A lot of hammer murders go on yeah, in St. Louis. It's a terrible place. But as a kid, when I moved there, this is where my parents started getting um, pretty good jobs in their careers. My dad worked for a bank, I believe. I don't know what kind of bank. Inner city bank. And my mother was the head of, or like the vice head of, the Girl Scouts of America organization. Oh, yeah. Very good money. And as a six-year-old kid, if your parents have a lot of money... You have a very good life. Like, yeah. it's a very one-to-one. And it's and coming from, especially Florida, and being the firstborn, my parents were still working things out. I was very poor in Florida, like, the entire time. I never really had much. Coming into this, my parents suddenly got really good jobs. I got to live in a beautiful suburb in a little cul-de-sac. It's as suburbia as people think. Yes, those places exist. Yeah. I lived in one. I got... All the fancy, like, playground sets and wonderful little knickknacks after school. I think it was kindergarten or maybe it was pre-K. I don't know. After that, I got to go to um, a basically childcare place called Kids R Us. It was the creme de la creme. Yep, yep. They had all of the fancy whistles. They even had, at this time, it'll show I'm dated, they even had computers we could use watch wow wow that was amazing my daycare didn't have computers yeah so that actually w- that's not true <laughs> i don't mean to cut you off but that's a lie like i did have computers oh like like three of them i think yeah yeah so we had a little we had area a, where we yes, could yes. use them and i i can't i remembered they served my favorite thing at the time because of course i'm six dinosaur like the dinosaur ch- chicken nuggets Ooh. in the cafeteria yeah they were that kind of premium where they don't give you the normal stuff they got up they got you the dinosaur ones Ooh. so i got those I got those like every day as a snack that was really good so i went there that was absolutely wonderful i love that i played with the black widows in the back long because i don't know why but there was especially at the time a big surplus of Black Widow spiders in the area of St. Louis. They apparently just like the climate. So I like playing with them. <laughs> Worked out. Yeah, for, for better or worse, they were fun. Uh, never gotten bit. Uh, I loved that as a kid. There was a lot of problems behind the scenes that I didn't know about till later in my life, which is why I said I would not go back. But I loved that. I was very well off. And then at that point... My parents, because they had good jobs, but they were the kind of jobs where you could spend time with your family. 
I remember every weekend, because at St. Louis, we would go downtown, and there's big car shows, like with your classic yeah. cars, mm-hmm. beautiful. And I don't know why I remember liking this, because I never, I never liked the food, but we always went to Sonic, because the waitresses would always go on their little rollerblades and go around, and I oh, thought yeah. that was the neatest thing <laughs> at course, six. I'm like, of course. oh, that's so neat. No one liked the food, but my parents kept going there because they're like, well, he, he likes it. It's pretty. and <laughs> Yeah. 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 And the things parents do. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time in the city. I, I personally liked Little Italy in there because great Italian food. Wonderful place. Uh, a lot of fairs and whatnot. Big cities. There's a lot of stuff to do. At the same time, there's a lot of drawbacks with it. So you'll never be bored in a big city if anyone ever chooses to live there. But there's also a lot of problems with it. Yep. Then my mom, via business meeting, took us to San Francisco for a short time. Not very long. I'd say about three months-ish. Worst place. (laughs) Aside from maybe Florida, but I was younger. I was old enough to know San Francisco was a terrible place by the time we went there. Um, I remember great food because I love seafood personally. And right on the sea. so. But other than that, the people, incredibly pretentious. I could not handle them. And at this time, I'll date my age again, I had never seen a gay person, or like an openly gay Mm -hmm. person, let alone a trans person. When I lived in San Francisco, as a little boy who's never seen this or had no idea about this, incredibly confusing and boisterous when I have to turn to my parents and say like, what, 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 what is that? And things because there's so many that was confusing for a young kid, which it's not bad because there were people there. It was bad because I, it was confusing as a small kid to learn the difference because I'm still learning basically the difference between a man and a woman. I can't throw in a whole bunch of gray that and the city itself kind of dirty. It was never kept clean, which is most big cities. Unfortunately, it's a problem. A lot of people living in an area gets dirty. The The biggest plus, and what I really remember from San Francisco, uh, down by the wharf where we would watch, I, they put up little like floating docks, almost uh, little square docks, that the sea lions every morning would come and they would play on. They would hop up and go. And I absolutely love the sea lions. That is incredible. Yeah, and they're not because they're around people, big city all the time, and people would feed them. They're not afraid of you at all, so they would come right up to you. Oh, my god! They would gosh. play with you. It, wow, that is cool. I absolutely love that. That was amazing. Yeah, it's... Um, and that was, that was the one good thing I really remembered about that. Other than that, San Francisco, not a lot going for it. Everybody was poor. Everything's expensive. Everything's dirty. Um... Then we moved to, I think it was Indiana. I don't know the time frame. This might have been before. It's I can't remember quite. I'd have to sit down and think. Yeah, right. But um, Indianapolis, Indiana, which, of course, is another big city. And at this time, I think we moved here because my parents, the Girl Scouts, had a weird transition and kind of a terrible falling out like the head level and they were restructuring everything so my mom was kind of like left out dry just fired on the spot no notice so then we had to move back there because 
she had a few jobs she could work because she, she that's where she grew up so yep. she had some things there so so we moved there and i i was never really told what she did so i i don't know what it is but it definitely wasn't good we were back to being the poor class which aside from st louis and i guess now i i'm too old to really reap benefits but my family is well off now as well but there in st louis everything in between we've been very broke yep yep so in indianapolis i was very broke had just about nothing um the worst part about that very un very very uneventful like nothing nothing went all indiana is very there's the reason they call it crossroads of america people just don't stay yeah people go through it they do not stay in it so that just not not fun though but it was at this time where because my parents knew i wasn't having fun and my sister was getting into the terrible stages of young toddler thing. So they're like, okay. So I went to live with my grandfather um, in Canada. He had, he knew someone personally. Technically it was a campsite, but I'm pretty sure he was the only one there. And then technically the owner. So it was just him and me in the middle of Canada. And it was the center of Canada. And if you know anything about like G- uh, the geography of Canada in the center of Canada. There is nothing. <laughs> Quite literally. That's true. It, there is nothing. If we here. wanted to go into town, it was a 65 mile drive to the nearest town. Yep. But I love that because I love the outdoors. I had my own little lake, which was amazing. And at some point, I think the owner had kids at one point. He's kind of an old guy. He invested in one of those trampolines, the water trampolines oh, in the middle. Oh, man. I played for hours and hours on that. And I got hooked on um, a lot of perch in the lake. And because it was only us, we got all the perch I ever wanted. I could go out, fish. My grandfather and I would just fry up or grill up or whatever I wanted. Whenever I wanted perch. Just, just took it. Yeah. And then in the heat of the summer where blueberries were in season we would always go pick wild blueberries and since there's nobody for 60 miles in any direction we never had to worry about anybody hating on us or stealing our stuff yeah yeah, we just just got whatever we wanted your fill and moved on yep and that's when i learned how to like ride all the different things like atvs and whatnot because out in the middle of nowhere my grandfather he didn't care and uh, he I don't know exactly where it came from. He was He's a bit of a weird guy. He's very much a traveler all over the place. He was in the military for quite a long time. So, and it was some sort of high ranking where he makes a very good pension. So he always had the fun toys, which is what I liked about him. So he got the huge six-cylinder ATVs with... 135 mile per hour. We're just speeding yeah, along yeah. Yep. lethally on trails that if my parents <laughs> knew about, they would freak. <laughs> and I just did that daily. And I, I loved it. That was one of my favorite things. I don't tend to get very lonely because I like the wilderness. I find it comforting. And yeah. I like reading if anything. And I always found friends. I didn't realize they weren't really good for you to have on them. But the lake, as many lakes in Canada, have a lot of leeches. So I would come out of the water and I would 
it sounds kind of bad coming thinking back on it. But I would enjoy picking the leeches off me because they like, grab onto your legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're little, like, squishy things. And as a young guy, boy, that was cool to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. squishy things. So I did that. Then we moved to Appleton, Wisconsin. And I spent a few years here. Once again, we moved back because this is around the area that my dad came. So job change yeah. again. Still dirt poor, but my family did the best they could. At this point, my parents got pregnant again, twins again. Uh, so lots of kids all of a sudden. So now I have to fill, so I have to share with all my siblings and not necessarily the most well off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll come back to Appleton because that's where I currently we live in the Fox Cities right now. Yep, that's where yep. I still live. So. Spoiler alert, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, all this time, we've, but then, people, we're not really hiding it. We know exactly where we live. Yeah, now. right. But that's where I started um, high school. But then shortly after, my mom got what we thought at the time and what technically was a good job offer in um, Floyd's Knobs, Indiana, which is just north, a mile north, once again, of a big city. This, Louisville, Kentucky. Yep. Very rich suburb. Um. That one I have a lot of mixed feelings about because I was taken out of high school, which was, it's a difficult time to retransition because that's kind of where you're finally solidifying what you're going to be in life and yep, all yep. your friends and whatnot. And that didn't compound well where I'll talk about this some other time, but I had a lot of medical issues yeah. growing up, starting usually a little bit after puberty, but it got really bad. So that tied in. Then we moved to Floyd's Knobs with all this. And when we first moved, we couldn't find a house in time. In time to get uh, the job down in the summer. So, what we did is, over the years, we accumulated a camper. A, not like an RV, but like a camper that you hook on the back of a yep. truck. And we lived in a campground. Like a little campground where we parked a camper... And all six of us, <clears throat> for close to a year, probably about six, seven months, lived in a camper, which I would never recommend. <laughs> six people, one camper, <clears throat> not a good idea. Yeah, especially young kids and stuff. Yes, and I don't think there's a lot of trade-off or like sacrifices you have to make when living in a camper because you can't really bring a whole lot, especially when there's six of you. So basically what we had is our clothes are like food and that's, that's all we can keep. So there's not much to do except what's on the campsite. The problem with Floyd's knobs and this is like the whole little area, Floyd's knobs, new Albany. There's not anything there to do. Yeah. So bare. I was stuck with, Nothing really to do. I didn't have internet because we live in a campsite, which is what most kids do. I didn't have any friends because I don't live in a neighborhood or anything. And our campsite didn't have, like, a lake. It didn't have any trails. It, it, it was literally, like, maybe maybe a half acre. And then the rest is just city, like, cement and stuff. So it was kind of, it was kind of bad. <laughs> and then we moved from that to what... We got, we got a good deal on it, yes. In a very, very rich, like, 
we'll call it a neighborhood, but it's like one of those things where there's four houses in the middle of the hills oh, overlooking yeah. a valley. Yep. And the reason we got a good deal on it is because it was just a plot of land, basically. There was a foundation to build a house. Nothing else. So we moved there and still lived in the camper while my parents had a wonderful idea that they will build, because it's much cheaper, a beautiful house on in this beautiful spot. We started out with a huge basement, like four <laughs> times the size of any normal house as just a basement that was poured in the concrete. That's where, that's where it stopped. Um, we got there and then things got, must've got busy with my parents for work and whatnot. They couldn't do anything. So instead of living in the camper, we got a space upgrade. Yes. But the entire basement had three rooms. There was the kitchen, dining, living area, (laughs) which also had the, the, single bathroom which wasn't really a bathroom i think it just had a toilet in the corner fantastic there was my parents room and then there was all of the kids room which as a high schooler with no friends nothing really to do and nothing you don't want to be stuck in either a camper or just one room yeah just your siblings the entire time it got really stressful (laughs) and i was sick through all that so i didn't really like that i also didn't fit in because of where we got this house location how when where you live determines where you go to school Mm -hmm. publicly because we lived in the in like this hills in the suburb in the very rich neighborhood i went to an incredibly rich school which at this point like in most times we're dead broke I have mm-hmm. nothing, but I'm going to a school who just renovated their open their their main hall. This is a high school. Yep. Their main hall in marble. They spent eight point four million dollars on the main hall. They just redid. This school was so immaculate, and the people that went there were so wealthy. I, I legitimately, and I mean this quite literally. Uh, part of it was because I'm si- I was sick, and part of it. You probably wouldn't guess this because I'm talking to all of you. I don't really like talking to people, especially if I don't know them. I was very, very introverted. I started to come out, but especially in high school, I did not talk to anyone ever. And this year especially, I think it was my junior year, I managed to go the entire year. I did not speak a single word to a student, to a staff member, to a teacher, anyone. People started looking at me like I was crazy because they, they knew I was the new kid and I was definitely not like in their league. They didn't know where I came from. And the only time I would have to like actually speak would be in reports uh, for classes. So I would sound much different because, uh, because I've lived so many different places and I've centered a lot in the Midwest. The Midwest people, as you can probably tell because I'm talking to you right now, don't have an accent. So it's a very neutral and even great presenting voice, which is why most people in the news field either try to learn our accent or come from the Midwest. So I would sound like completely different than this essentially Louisville school. So they would all sound very certain and whatnot. But I'm a poor, seemingly completely silent nobody (laughs) that didn't say a word to anyone it was really awkward and i was only in school like maybe half the time based on 
medical things. So people were wondering where I was all the time too. There were like rumors going about that I really didn't care about. And I, I remember we had huge lunchroom with uh, a couple restaurants lined up along the side at a high school, right? Way too rich. And I would always come with my own lunch because I can't afford rich kid food. Yeah. Yep. And how the thing was set up, they had long, like, hall tables um, lined up. And then at the far corner, like, there's a half wall, there's an entrance. I think they were two bathrooms on either side. Or the halls to the bathrooms mm-hmm. and then there's a brick wall and then there's a little semi-circle half table just right there with three chairs i sat there i was the only one the entire year i must have looked like a freak or they were scared of me that i was gonna blow up the school or something i did not i i did not fit in it was it was bad then after that year i moved back to appleton wisconsin Fox City's here, and I would say overall, like if I had to take not my any like my status or my financial state or anything like that for my family, places to live just in general, the Fox City's here that I live now, absolutely the best place I have ever lived in. All those different places, people, best place I have ever lived, hands down. It has enough things going on where you can do things, like there's stuff to do. There's not too many people where it's not big city where you have a whole bunch of big city problems. You can... We're a short trip away for just about anything you could possibly want to do. Yeah. Like, if you want to go big city, we have a whole bunch of those real close. You want to go camping, we have a whole bunch of untouched, beautiful forests and lakes and whatnot untouched. It's an amazing place. But I came here last senior year of... Co- or, not college, of high school, where you don't want to start something, by the way. Yeah, so you, you came here, you started... High school, or where you finished high school, your senior year? Yep. Yes. And the I had everything I needed for high school, except gym credits, because I lived in so many different places, they counted gym credits wrong. Yeah. Which is fine, because I love gym anyhow. And I signed up for a gym class, which is the only thing I needed. And then I was told that in order to be an admitted student, I would have to take at least, I think it was four more classes, and then the rest I could take as passes. I ended up getting my schedule. I went for five gym classes because I just love, I love like doing things. I love sports. It's one of my favorite things in life. People thought I was crazy. Like, why would you take more? But I I loved it. No, I agree. And then I had three other classes that were all choir. I didn't sign up for any of these. And these aren't like base levels. All of these you have to try out for. Yes, all of, all but, the audition yeah, choirs. But my choir teacher that, that could, just threw me. Yes, every single one. That's what he does. That's what he's good at. Yeah. He just conscripts people into his little into his cult. And I, I, I was very sick, especially senior year. It was getting really bad. I think I had maybe like a thirty-two percent attendance rating. Yeah, the entire time, first half or first semester. I kind of played it the same way I did in junior year. I talked to maybe one person. I hardly ever talked to anyone. I didn't do anything. Um, Then I took a trip, a school trip with the choir, actually. And people started pretty much forcefully talking to me. So I finally like, oh, I guess I could try to talk to them. And I came back 
and I've always had a problem. I was always one of those. I was never a weird kid as in I couldn't make friends growing up. I am a very competitive person, and I was good at pretty much everything not to toot my own horn, but when you put that in stance, I fit into pretty much any group, and every I knew pretty much everybody that went to our school. Yeah. And everybody would, like, talk to me or hang out with me. But I didn't have any, like, genuine, like, friends, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally Like, I was that. alone, but I could go with any group, and they wouldn't say anything. It, it was completely hunky-dory. But the second semester, that's finally when I started to actually talk to people. I started sitting at the same table, which came to be my friend group now, for the most part. Yeah. And that's when... I, that's, that's where I ended high school. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, that's I, where we pick up our story. Yeah. Yes. I burned most bridges. I think the <laughs> choir teacher that threw me into all those choirs probably regrets it because. No, no. I've, I've I, spoken with him about this before. He doesn't regret uh, it. I, I, I think that dude hates me. No, no, <laughs> no. That's not true Because I felt really bad because I, I have a big passion for music as well. Like music and physical activity. Go yeah. figure. So I loved it. But because I was so sick, I was never there for it. It, nope. it. We both knew it. Like, we both knew I was never there. And everybody in all the classes hated my guts because they saw me just never there. Yeah. And because it was medical and I talked with my, prof- or my professor, my choir teacher, I never got yelled at, which always perpetuated the thing that yes. I was a big... You, yeah, you were, you were never there, but you were also passing with a perfect grade. Yeah, and, and then I couldn't like, do anything about heck? it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I But to this I day, that. I, I always powered through. I did not miss a single concert, which I'm still proud of. I made every single one. Even out of school ones? Yes. And, yeah, you did. Exactly. You made a lot of performances. So I, I put a lot of work and pride into that. Yeah. May not have paid out. He still may hate my guts because I never He doesn't up, hate your guts. But then, then to college, still living in the Fox Cities, and it's life is good. The Fox Cities are great. Yeah, and that brings us that brings us to this. Yeah, if you want, That's... if you want any more details, I'm good with sharing my nitty gritty details. Yeah, yeah, but I'm gonna put it on you. You have to personally call us up at a gentleman's chat. Yes. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. If, no capsule you, spaces. Exactly. If, if you do that, I will continue. Other than that, sorry, that's, that's all you're getting. You're just getting, you're the, getting. you're just getting the <laughs> overview. I am selling you. I am selling you the first page, the, not the summary, but the, what's it called? Abstract? The abstract. I am yes. selling you the abstract. Yes. If you want the nitty gritty, that's going to charge you. Do you know what else they're going to get right now? A word from our sponsors. <laughs> That only works when you take no. a break. That way we can put I, it in there. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my chance. Here it is. I was so excited. You can't just oh. ask me a generality and I have to give general information. What did, well, I'm a long-winded guy. What did you think was going to happen? Well, I figured at any time, if you're selling stuff, might as well have our sponsors sell you stuff too. Like true. We'll get all the selling out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So folks, you now know the, the, uh, the summary of Ian's story. Which is fantastic. So, Ian, we've talked about many things on this show. It's transitioning now, For if you're not aware. Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a very solemn transition. I feel like yeah. I'm going to be asked some really weird question now. Well, we've talked about many things, but we normally stay away from politics. Because 
you and I have even spoken in private. We just don't feel like that's something that's show material. And either yeah. the, between you and I, we don't talk about politics a lot anyways. We That's true. That's just sort of a topic. Usually most alone. divisiveness, especially in a podcast sense, you don't want to be political because that's going to get controversial and controversial is not good for everybody. We want this to be inclusive. Yeah, we're, we're not... Yeah, I think you put it best. Yeah. We're, not the, we're not the type of people to be like, well, if you don't agree with me, you're dumb. Like that's... Exactly. Everybody has their own opinions. We're not going to force ours down your throat. We're just going to present them from time to time and explain why they're right and why you're wrong, and yes. we'll just move on from there. Yes, yes. All the merch says a gentleman's chat, the right opinion. Exactly. For a reason. Okay. Moving on from that, I have an article here from Quartz.com. Like... How did they spell it? Like quartz as in the Q U A R T Z. Yes, quartz as in oh, the You did mineral. not just say Z. I did. Oh, <laughs> I lived in Canada. I didn't even say Z. I know, but I figured it'd make you mad. So there it is. <laughs> All right, here's the title: Death is the biggest issue in the 2020 election, and it goes on to talk about uh, that the life expectancy rate has fallen for the first time in the past 50 years, this past year. And it's got people concerned um, that people are dying sooner or that, you know, we've got um, more health issues going on, whether it be stuff related to climate change or the effects that that may have. They're, they're, they're basically saying in this article, and I'm poorly summarizing it because I'm not going to read you the, the in-depth opinionated writings of Tim Farenholds. <laughs> Sorry, Tim, no offense, but doesn't have doesn't have room on this show. But he's basically saying that death is the biggest uh, piece of the 2020 election that people are looking at. Okay, well, Tim, Which, firstly... <laughs> like you addressed him outright, okay. Tim, I want to give you yeah. a little bit of credit, credit, or credit is due, and then a little bit of critique. As far as journalistic prowess, congratulations for finding out that Death, the ending of life, is the the biggest problem with, you know, the humans. Yeah. That that takes a real man to, it does. Or, real, or woman or whatever you want to a be A true called. scholar, yeah, frankly. A true scholar it, to yes. figure out. It takes... <laughs> In all seriousness, though. <laughs> well, here, I'll read you a piece okay. of this. The reasons for decreasing life expectancy are complex and overlapping, but the authors of the study, a study that was conducted, obviously say that the change has been driven by an increase in morality rates among middle-aged people from drug overdose, alcoholism, suicide, and diseases associated with obesity and smoking, like heart disease and diabetes. These are a few of the things that they have labeled as problems. This has to be just in America, correct? Yes, this is American-based. Okay. So, I'll, I'll try to generalize that way our, our other country audiences yes, will be most of get. A, lot of, a large percent of our yeah. audience is not American, so... But I feel like in America and any country that this fits, our biggest problem with this morality going up, I, I agree with the statement that that is definitely the leading causes of our deaths. I don't actually see that as a bad thing. I feel like that is very much personally driven. Like, a lot of that is you're in direct, like, you are basically shortening your own life. And most of it is you shortening your own life because we're so well off in this that we can do things that aren't healthy for us, but we can do anyhow. Yeah. Which I find I find pretty okay. So your your opinion is that, you know, we're doing so well in life that these people have so much free time that 
being obese. Well, yeah, we're doing drug so overdoses. well in life, and people have are are well enough off where they can afford to gorge themselves to obesity, and they can afford to enjoy smoking themselves to cancer, and they can afford to be depressed. And it, it's kind of it sounds dark, but in a good way. Like it is a good thing that we are this well off. Yeah, we we. Granted, of course, we want to limit these problems, but all in all, I think it's a good direction. But because we're getting so well off, we're becoming better, and it's rising some problems. We need to tackle those problems, yes, but we're still going in a good yeah. direction. And and one of the problems that the article brings up is um, they talked about the drug-related aspects, yes. people overdosing and stuff is... like that. And, uh, and a big thing they brought up was that everywhere is legalizing drugs, uh, specifically marijuana, but they're not just legalizing it like, like the stuff that your grandfather may have had 70 years ago. The stuff that they're giving now is so highly potent. Yes. And it's so much stronger than it used to be. You know, when they talk about uh, marijuana not having an effect on somebody, they're not necessarily using the same metrics of, yeah. of the stuff that they sell today. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff is so much more potent that they're... Yeah. There, there's that disconnect that's happening, causing a lot of drug-related issues with people. Yeah, it's... When it comes to pot, it's this one is kind of a controversial topic. I know in America, I'm not sure where else. But it's... You'll hear a lot of arguments where they say, marijuana in and of itself, you know, the leaf that you can grab off this little plant is not harmful. And technically speaking, if you run the data, that's... That's true. If you mix that with a whole bunch of different chemicals for flavor or whatnot, or if you were to smoke it, and especially instead of eating it, any carcinogen is bad for you. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's cigarettes or nicotine. It doesn't matter if it's pot. It doesn't matter if it's water. If carcinogens are bad for you because you are not supposed to be breathing in carcinogens into your lungs. It deteriorates it, causes... Uh, a lot more tendency for cancer. Yeah, it's just not good. Yep. Having said that, if you want to do marijuana or any drug that does not hurt or affect other people around you, if it's just yourself, it's kind of like nicotine in that sense. I don't particularly care to stop you if you want to shorten your own life because yeah. you like getting high. Yes. I don't care to stop you, but I also don't want to smell it or exactly. Have it in you don't want to have to deal with like secondhand yeah. smoke with it or something like that. So as far as the drug problems, the light stuff like marijuana and whatnot, I, I don't really care. If that's shortening lives, I can leave that in the metric. The hard stuff, especially in bigger cities that are having maybe methamphetamine addictions or opioids or anything like that, that one we definitely need to work out. That one I will never warrant for because not only is it directly harmful, like if you start this, you will have a short life. There's mm-hmm. no no meth addict lives past forty. That's what it's <laughs> um, and especially uh, the hard drugs that people like taking for whatever reason they like starting, they affect people around them. They become violent. They become not all there yeah. mentally. Yep. It's a dangerous place, and you can't have that. Um, and here in our free society, 
you still can't have people actively endangering others because that imposes their freedom of being safe. Yep. So, <sighs> drugs... Eh. Well, hard drugs, no. If, if it doesn't hurt me, of course. I don't particularly care. Of course, and I, I think that's a lot of people's opinions yeah. on it. Like, if it doesn't hurt me, then it doesn't matter. But apparently, metrics are starting to show that it, it's mattering in terms of life expectancy. Yeah, but that's... With life expectancy, say you're a smoker. You start smoking, you choose not to quit. You know, like, obviously you know that is going to shorten your life. Yeah. There's no one that's like, I'm going to be a smoker and live till 112. That's not happening. It's the downside of what you're getting out of what you're doing. Same with if you like to go shark fighting, if you like swimming out in the ocean and punching sharks... I don't really care. You, you could do that all you want. Is that going to bring down our overall like life expectancy if there's a big craze of a whole bunch of 30-year-olds going out and dying to sharks that they lose fights to? Yeah. Do I particularly care if that's what they wanted to do? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's an extreme example, but yeah, it kind of no, poses I, my viewpoint. No, I, I completely agree with you. Now, when I read the article, I had a, a slightly different take in that Life expectancy has gone down for the first time since, like, the 1950s or yeah. whatever the article states, whatever the study found. You know, for it to be going up every year for 50 years, you're doing pretty gosh darn good. We've I mean, been going back, up every year since 2,000 years yeah, ago. Yeah, like, it, you know, life expectancy used to be 35. 30, yeah, 35. Right? And now it's 87, 85, depending on if you're yes. male or female on average. That's a very large gap. And I don't know if people were so dumb to think that it was just going to keep on going forever and ever. Yeah. Like, it it doesn't matter how healthy you are. We could all that be eating true. Subway subs, <laughs> running 10 miles on the treadmill, and hitting the gym every day. There are just some physical limits yeah. that you're not going to stop. Eventually, Met you're going to find the cap of what this life expectancy thing can be. Exactly. Like you're Med Medically gonna... speaking... The, the reason it's also slightly skewed is we've come to a point where we're so advanced in medical that we can prolong the life basically to the limit of human life. Yeah. There comes a point in time where the human body, no matter how upkept it is, is just going to give out because we're not immortal. Yeah. We, no matter what medicine or healthy lifestyle or choices you want, we're mortal. We're just going to die. Yep. And... We're pushing, especially if you want to live on a whole bunch of different life assistants and whatnot. You can live till 100, yes. But there's a couple things. Then by the time you're about 100, your body is really struggling no matter what you do. You are going to die. It's going to happen. It, it sucks. It's going to happen. And two, I don't think lo longevity of life is the only thing to strive for. I much... I'm much more focused on, especially from a medical profession, I care about quality of life. Say you lose two years on your life, but you never have a hip replacement and you are fit until, or you are completely yourself. You can do everything until you die. You don't get dementia. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have to stop doing your daily activities and have assistance or whatnot. I would value that. And I would, I would assume most people would value that. Like, if I asked, if we took a poll and said, how many people out of 100 would trade two years off their life to live at their peak condition until they die? I feel that's where we should be aiming, not boosting up 
yeah. life where if you, if you have a whole bunch of dementia, you don't know who you are. You can't do anything for yourself. It's very sad working with people, but it's also, it's very miserable for them. You got to yeah, look at it. it's not like they it's, don't know. Exactly. Because you know, but then you'll forget and you'll relearn and it's just a complete cycle of you knowing you're in a terrible disarray but can't do anything about that. And basically, if we just keep improving life, instead of having that for three terrible years till you die, if we boot set up to 30, imagine living in pain and misery for 30 years before you die. Yeah. That's almost torture at that point. I would not want that. Yeah, there there is a limit to this whole life expectancy thing. As really down and sad as that sounds, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter how far you stretch the boundaries. You can't outrun the fact that eventually this will all disappear. Yes. Like the people that you're speaking to now will disappear. The room that we're sitting in now will one day crumble and it will be no more. Like that, that's just like a, a thing. People grasp that. It's it's a big fear of people and it's a terrible thought to think, but you have to tackle it. You can't just avoid it and be like, well, if we keep just increasing life expectancy someday we'll all live to 10,000 that we won't have to worry yeah, for a someday while. we'll be immortal yeah that, that that's just not happening no <laughs> no i don't i don't think so but i mean you can always strive for it it gives you something to do i suppose that is true if if you're that guy that doesn't care how miserable you are you just want to live to be 112 go yeah. for it you can do that and if you if, and if any of you want to personally like message billy or and i and you have some sort of counterclaim or why you think boosting life expectancy is great and you want to have a discussion about that, you can always, anyone, if you have any like questions or thoughts on it, you can talk to us. We, yeah, we, we will sit down and we will talk with you in person. Yeah, we're, or, we're often very open about it. We even mentioned this yeah. last week when giving the relationship advice. We're, we're always very open to conversation. Yes. Neil, much like the debate that we were having tonight about you know, the job of being a teacher and stuff like that. It was really just more of a discussion of different perspectives and different viewpoints. Yeah, it got, so. it got a little, nah, I don't want to say heated, but animated. Mm-hmm. But that's because you're passionate about something. You can't get mad at someone for being exactly. passionate. Like, we, I don't think we've ever shied away from trying to help somebody. No, or, no, no. Or, or to understand their perspective. Yeah, that's that's part of what we try to do because that's what how you help people. Yeah. That's the best way to do so. A closed mind is an empty mind. You got, you got to keep it open because then things are coming in, things are going out. You can keep the, you can keep the radiator level at an even thing. If you, if you close off everything, eventually you're going to trickle out. You're going to run out. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. I think that's probably a good metaphor for life too. Yeah. And on that, on that idea, We end this week's chat. We thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.